Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. More states are protecting unborn children after Roe v. Wade has been overturned. We're going to be talking about this on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. You know, Matt, it's really interesting. If you go on our website, lc.org forward slash life, we have a document on there that gives the various states and the various laws that are being enacted uh, to protect these unborn children. And we're constantly updating it. And I advise anyone to go in there and really look and see, particularly in your state, what's happening and what needs to happen, maybe what legislator you need to contact to make it happen. Well, on June 24, 2022, the U.S. Supreme Court in the Dobbs decision overturned the abortion decisions of Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. And as a result, many babies have been saved since then. Mm -hmm. The numbers are staggering in terms of the, the downturn of abortions just in a few months after uh, this decision. But Roe v. Wade was the Supreme Court decision for nearly 50 years, 49 and a half or so years, and that tied the hands of the states with regards to regulating, restricting, and even banning abortion. Right. Uh, now what we know is 88% of abortions occur in the first trimester. According to analysis by National Right to Life Committee, more than 63 million unborn babies are estimated to have lost their lives since 1973, while states were essentially blocked from defending these precious, helpless children. So if you look at what's going on around the country, it is a, a huge sea change. Eighteen states now have near-total abortion bans. Five are under a legal challenge. Six states have a six-week fetal heartbeat law. Four are under a legal challenge. Two states have a 12-week gestational ban. Three states with a 15-week gestational ban. Three are under legal challenge. One state has an 18-week gestational ban. Six states have a 20-week gestational ban. One is under legal challenge. 18 states have a viability ban at about 24 weeks of pregnancy. Currently, there are seven states with no abortion restrictions whatsoever, which include Alaska, Colorado, Minnesota, New Jersey, New Mexico, Oregon, and Vermont. You know, and some of these states had what we call trigger laws. They already had these laws in place triggered, so to speak, as soon as Roe and Casey were overturned, they went into place. And so that that was a good measure on behalf of these states. And then now these other states are continuing to add further protections to protect these precious little children and their mother. Yeah, 11 states had these uh, trigger laws. That includes uh, Arkansas, Idaho, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, and Utah. Additionally, Arizona, Indiana, North Dakota, West Virginia, Wisconsin, and Wyoming either had pre-row abortion bans or have recently enacted them uh, along with uh, Utah. Uh, those state laws are, some of them are uh, not in effect yet while they're under 
ongoing legal challenges. You know, and Liberty Council has filed amicus briefs and will continue to do so in some of, uh, on behalf of some of these pro-life laws as well. Yes, we filed an amicus brief at the United States Supreme Court on behalf of African-American and Hispanic churches and individuals and leaders around the country. That brief uh, was actually cited by the United States Supreme Court decision mm. in the Dobbs decision. Pretty amazing, actually. And yeah. what our brief did was overview the racist and eugenic history of abortion. It's undeniable that abortion and birth control and sterilization were used for the sole purpose of eliminating certain categories of undesirable people. But you know, these radical left, they don't do their homework and they don't realize this. They're pushing abortions, but yet many of them are the target That's right. of these abortions. And they don't realize or they want to ignore it. They're so committed to abortion that they ignore this offensive idea, the offensive ideology that abortion and contraception and the sterilization movement was designed specifically to get rid of certain categories of people. And, you know, sometimes you'll have different leaders and you say to yourself, you scratch your head, do you not realize that what you're advocating is something that actually eliminated many of your race Mm -hmm. and ethnicity? I mean, just look at the history. Uh, Margaret Sanger was very open about why she wanted to do the contraception clinics and then the sterilization and then abortion. And that's because she wanted to get rid of the black population. She considered certain people to be, quote, undesirables. And that was part of her Darwin ideology uh, that was shared by so many others, including Adolf Hitler, to eliminate certain categories of people so that you could literally pull the weeds out, if you will, of the human race. Those people had the audacity to think that they're God and they can make a decision who lives and who doesn't. And they had the audacity to designate whom they thought were human weeds that needed to be eliminated. Uh, Believe me, that ideology is not just in the past. That is still here today. And You know, it was in the 1970s that the last forced sterilization law was repealed and struck down, 1970s. So these forced sterilization laws still existed. But remember, during the Obama administration, remember Ezekiel Emanuel and others, they were talking about uh, within his administration, the death uh, board, you know, where they would ration health care under Obamacare to people at certain uh, middle spectrums, rationing it away from the younger people, rationing it away from the older or the sick people. Uh, That's part of that same Darwinian ideology. And then remember also one of them said that in order to uh, impose a reduction of human population, even toyed with the idea of putting infertility chemicals into the public drinking water so that Mm. people would drink that unknowingly and then become infertile. That's disgusting. But you know, on a high note, praise God that since Roe and Casey have been overturned a year ago, there have been at least 60,000 babies that have been saved in the last year and more than 32,000 fewer abortions in the first six months after the ruling. So that's tremendous. And as the Supreme Court sent the abortion issue back to the states, we continue to fight to make that number even greater, that more children will be saved. 
Yeah, that uh, number for those first six months averages 5,377 fewer abortions. That's and that's from awesome. July of 2022 through December of 2022, over 5,000 fewer abortions. And that's In other just words, what they're 5, tracking. 5,000 more yeah. babies are alive today. Right. Every month. It's amazing. It's amazing. In the 13 states with current abortion bans, the data revealed that they had a cumulative total of 43,410 fewer people who had abortions and a monthly average of 7,235 fewer abortions after the Dobbs decision as compared to pre-Dobbs. Uh, you know, the, I think it has two things. Number one, the states are now free to be able to restrict and or ban abortion. Of course, there's legal challenges undergoing, and we're filing briefs not only at the Supreme Court that we did in the Dobbs case, but we're filing them at the state courts of appeal as well, the highest courts of the land to defend the abortion laws in those cases. But also the policy of life, mm -hmm. whether you have a law or you don't have a law, if you have this idea that you're going to protect life, that sends a message and it develops a policy and it develops a mindset. You know, even in, for example, post Roe versus Wade, when you started all these striking down of the abortion uh, laws and restrictions, it sets a policy. Oh, it's legal. And so therefore it's moral. People think, well, right. if it's legal, it's moral. No, it doesn't mean that it's moral, but sometimes people get that confused. Conversely, when you set a policy that we're going to protect life, that also sets a standard. And I think people then look for other alternatives instead of thinking, oh, this is the only way out or this is what I'm going to do. There's lots of different opportunities for churches and crisis pregnancy centers and other ministries to be able to reach out and help these women facing these pregnancies. Absolutely. And, you know, after years of praying, working, litigating, we finally were able to celebrate that victory on June 24th, 2022. And I just encourage everyone you know sometimes when the, the days seem darker and it seems like things just aren't turning around remember that victory remember we have to keep fighting we have to keep speaking and the churches need to take the front seat on this issue as well yeah we absolutely absolutely do uh, continue to pray for our cases we're filing briefs in multiple states uh, we're litigating uh, most recently in florida to overturn an old Supreme Court of uh, state law uh, ruling that goes back to 1989 uh, that is more liberal than Roe versus Wade. So continue to keep uh, that in prayer. I think this will ultimately be the ending of that NRATW decision. For more information, go to Liberty Council's website, lc.org forward slash life. That's forward slash life. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith family and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org.